In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I lost something yesterday. And the day before that, I gave up something. Last month, I gave up a lot. On the face of it, these were little things, small matters. I can mention all sorts of incidents in the past few years where I have given up things. In all these matters, I didn't get my way. The other day, I was driving in town, and I came to a four-way stop sign intersection. And yet, I ended up waiting for a car who had clearly arrived at the intersection after I had. I had to yield. I didn't get my way. It irritated me. The incident got stuck and got repeated in my head. The other day, I went to the store to get my favorite ice cream. They were out, and I had to make other plans. Another day, we actually had a small family dinner, and I was outvoted in my choice for the main dish. Obviously, in such decisions, I realized that the children's votes count twice as much as the adult votes. These are small incidents, aren't they? Trivial things. But we all live with them and with larger disappointments and losses, too. I don't even necessarily mean illnesses and tragedies, though those definitely count. We lost much on 9-11 20 years ago. We have lost much due to COVID-19. Today, however, I mean the ordinary events in life where we do not get our way, where we give up something that we wanted. Maybe it is a decision at work that did not go our way. Our project was not accepted. One of our colleagues got the raise instead of us. Maybe it was a political election that did not go our way. Our candidate did not prevail. The other guy won. The other girl won. Maybe it was a court decision that did not go our way. I'm sure you can add to the list. When I mention these incidents, most of them seem trivial, don't they? Who cares that I couldn't get my favorite ice cream? But I felt as slighted as a stifled five-year-old. 
And of course, some of these events have much greater consequences. What I mean to present this morning is the overwhelming set of occurrences each and every day that do not go our way, where we lose, where we give up something. These losses affect us. They disturb us. They unsettle us. In some cases, so much that we act more aggressively the next time we face a crossroads or the next time we are arguing our case. And worse, some of us lose control completely. We've all encountered much loss, many losses in the past two years. It's been hard. And it's been loss after loss after loss. Rights and privileges and decisions torn away from us almost daily. It's as if we no longer have even the agency to decide for ourselves. One of the negative consequences of this time is that we have also lost the ability to lose graciously. We are out of practice. We've lost the habit of knowing how to lose graciously. Many of us then practice our anger and obstinance instead towards our spouses, our family, our church, our city, our country, our God. Where are we supposed to go to restore this habit, this habit of losing graciously? Should we even try to restore it? Should we learn, some of us, for the first time, how to lose graciously? Well, we could come to church, at church. We hear such things as this wrenching passage from the Gospel of Mark our lesson for today. It's one of the most famous stories about Jesus and his disciples. In these short verses, though, Jesus may well be setting out the heart, the essence of the Christian gospel. It goes like this. Jesus asks his disciples one day, what people thought of him. Who do people say that I am? They responded by comparing him with other religious leaders, maybe John the Baptist or Elijah. And then Jesus asked the question directly, so directly to them. 
Who do you say that I am? It's Peter, good old Saint Peter, who seems to get the answer right. He says, you are the Messiah. But Jesus says, be quiet. Be quiet before you get all excited while I tell you exactly what the Messiah means. It means great suffering and rejection, and it even means death. The Messiah will lose his life. Peter, good old Saint Peter, cannot handle this. Peter begins to rebuke Jesus, and Jesus, in turn, rebukes Peter. He says, get behind me, Satan. Satan. He says this to Peter, his closest disciple. He says, you're not setting your minds on divine things at all, but on earthly things. And it's then that Jesus starts talking about loss. He says, if you want to follow me, you must deny yourself. Those who want to save their life will lose it. Well, that's it. If you want to save your life, you will lose it. That is the heart of the Christian gospel, straight from the mouth of Jesus. Now we tend to hear those words and think immediately of our one physical, earthly life. We all have to die, we think. Maybe the best among us will sacrifice our one physical, earthly life for the sake of another, maybe as a soldier for the sake of our country. That would be a noble act, an honorable calling. But most of us probably will not be called to such a literal giving up of our lives. Most of us will never have the occasion of throwing ourselves in front of a child to stop a bullet or of rushing towards twin towers as they are about to fall. We simply, most of us, will not be called to do that. Instead, most of us are called, are led, to the daily losses. Jesus calls us most of the time to the daily giving up of ourselves. Daily we learn to lose things. Every day we learn to give way, to give up our desires for the sake of someone else. The heart of the Christian gospel 
is that we learn to give up things every day. We give up our lives every day. So, being a follower of Jesus Christ does not magically make us happy or get us good jobs or make us lots of money or get us elected as political leaders or get us a good boyfriend or a good girlfriend. Being a follower of Jesus Christ does not even cure us of cancer or get rid of the demons inside us. Sometimes it does, and that's wonderful. But it's not why Jesus calls us to follow him. Jesus calls us to follow him because he desires for us to discover who we truly are. We're supposed to be giving up things, giving up things, giving up things, not piling on things, piling on things. In that giving up of our lives, we learn who we truly are, and we learn who God is. Just the other day, it happened again. I was late for another critical dentist appointment. I made the mistake of driving to Peachtree Battle Avenue in order to go south on Peachtree Road. You know where that is. And that meant, of course, that I was driving by the wonderful E. Rivers School. Just as children and families and buses and cars were arriving for school. The traffic was marvelously handled, but it was clogged. I was at a stop many times. I let people in in front of me. People let me in in front of them. Finally, I was through the traffic, and I was through giving way. I was eager to get on my way, turning right onto Peachtree, while looking left for a hole in the traffic. Suddenly, on my right, there was something else in my way, a runner. I caught her eyes, and she made sure to catch both my eyes with hers. I gave her the signal to go ahead in front of me, and she acknowledged it. As she ran by, she mouthed one word very clearly to me. Thanks. Thanks, she said. Well, 
it made my day. When we give way, when we lose ourselves for the greater good, the world says thanks. And our God gives thanks too. Amen.